0: you or a loved one are having suicidal thoughts please call 1-800-273-8255 1-800-273-8255 they're available 24 hours a day stories are run a cycle on the news to where we almost become sick of them crimes and mysteries oftentimes end up never getting answered did the family get justice for their loved one was the accused even guilty welcome to the aftermath where we try to answer some of the mysteries we forgot about due to life smacking us in the face with more happenings. Forgotten Story, The Kurt Cobain Suicide March 3rd, 1994, Cobain was hospitalized in Rome following an overdose of painkillers. At the Westin Excelsior Hotel in Rome, his management agency Gold Mountain Records said the overdose was accidental and that he was suffering from influenza and fatigue. He spent four days recovering after lapsing into a coma from a combination of sedatives and alcohol. Courtney Love states he took 50 pills in a suicide attempt. March 18, 1994, police responded to a call from the home of Cobain and his wife, Courtney Love. When police arrived, Love told them Cobain had locked himself in a room and was going to kill himself. She said he had a gun in the room. Cobain told police he locked himself in the room to stay away from Love. He said he was not suicidal and did not want to hurt himself. Police find four guns and 25 boxes of ammunition as well as some unknown medications. The weapons are a 38 caliber Taurus revolver, a 380 semi-automatic Beretta, a second Taurus 380 handgun, and a Colt AR15 semi-automatic rifle. Because the dispute was only an argument, police made no arrest. Cobain then left the residence, according to a police report. March 30, 1994, Courtney Love, Nirvana's Chris Novoselic, and Pat Smear, along with several other friends, went through the staging of an intervention at Cobain's home. Reportedly, during the meeting, Love threatened to leave Cobain, with whom she shared a daughter, Frances Bean, and his band also issued an ultimatum of breaking up the band should he not agree to seek treatment at a rehabilitation facility. Days later, citing problems with trespassers on his property, according to Dylan Carson, Cobain asked for help securing a firearm. Quote, He seemed normal. We'd been talking. Carlson later said, Plus, I loaned him guns before. End quote. Cobain gave him about $300 to buy a 20-gauge shotgun and a box of ammunition from Stan's gun shop. Knowing that Cobain was about to depart for treatment near Los Angeles, Carlson said that his friend's need for the purchase did give him pause. It seemed kind of weird that he was buying a shotgun before he was leaving. So I offered to hold on to it until he got back. Cobain refused. Police speculate he took the gun to his home before checking into rehab in Exodus Recovery Center in Marina del Rey, California. According to Courtney Love, he called home and left a message in which he said, Just remember, no matter what, I love you. He spent only two days in rehab before appearing to have dashed a six-foot wall to freedom. Police again speculate that he made the trek home to Seattle. Neighbors report seeing him in an unseasonal winter coat in April. April 8, 1994. Electrician Gary Smith, there to install burglar alarms, discovers Cobain's body through a window. Police speculate that Cobain locked himself in the greenhouse and used the same shotgun that Dylan Carlson had assisted him in purchasing to commit suicide. April 10, 1994, a public memorial service was held at Seattle Center, where a recording of Courtney Love's reading Cobain's suicide note was played. He would often claim that Boda was the person responsible for any of his wrongdoings. Kurt's suicide note is addressed to Boda. To Boda, speaking from the tongue of an experienced simpleton who obviously would rather be emasculated, infantile complainee, this note should be pretty easy to understand. All the warnings from the Punk Rock 101 courses over the years since my first introduction to the, shall we say, ethics involved with independence and embracement of your community has proven very true. I haven't felt the excitement of listening to, as well as creating music along with reading and writing for too many years now i feel guilty beyond words about these things for example when we're backstage and the lights go out the manic roar of the crowd begins it doesn't affect me the way in which it did for freddie mercury who seemed to relish in the love and adoration from the crowd which is something i totally admire and envy the fact is i can't fool you any one of you. It simply isn't fair to you or me. The worst crime I can think of would be to rip people off by faking it and pretending as if I'm having 100% fun. Sometimes I feel as if I should have a punch in time clock before I walk out on stage. I've tried everything within my power to appreciate it and I do. God believe me, I do, but it's not enough. I appreciate the fact that I and we have affected and entertained a lot of people. I must be one of those narcissists who only appreciate things when they're gone. I'm too sensitive. I need to be slightly numb in order to regain the enthusiasm I once had as a child. On our last three tours, I've had a much better appreciation for all the people I've known personally and as fans of our music, but I still can't get over the frustration, the guilt, and empathy I have for everyone. There's no good in... In all of us. And I think I simply love people too much. So much that it makes me feel too fucking sad. The sad, little, sensitive, unappreciative Pisces. Jesus, man. Why don't you just enjoy it? I don't know. I have a goddess of a wife who sweats ambition and empathy. And a daughter who reminds me too much of what I used to be. Full of love and joy. Kissing every person she meets because everyone is good. And will do her no harm. And that terrifies me to the point of where I can barely function. I can't stand the thought of Francis becoming the miserable self-destructive death rocker that I have become. I have it good very good and I'm grateful but since the age of 7 I've become hateful towards all humans in general only because it seems so easy for people to get along and have empathy only because I love and feel sorry for people too much I guess thank you from the pit of my burning nauseous stomach for your letters and concern during the past years I'm too much of an erratic moody baby I don't have the passion anymore and so remember it's better to burn out than fade away peace love empathy, Kurt Cobain, Francis and Courtney, I'll be at your altar. Please keep going, Courtney. For Francis, her life will be so much happier without me. I love you. I love you. People who think Cobain did not commit suicide will cite this as him announcing the breakup of Nirvana. On April 14th, the Seattle Post Intelligencer reported that Cobain was high on heroin when he pulled the trigger. The paper reported that the toxological reports determines that the level of morphine in Cobain's bloodstream was 1.52 milligrams per liter and that there was evidence of valium in his blood. The report contained a quote from Randall Basil of the Chemical Toxological Institute stating that Cobain's heroin level was at a high concentration by any account. He also stated that in the strength of that dose would depend on many factors, including how habituated Cobain was to the drug. 1998, documentary, Kurt and Courtney, British documentary, by Nick Broomfield, investigating the circumstances of Cobain's death, shifting focus to Courtney Love's involvement in Kurt's death. It documents the drug use of Cobain and Love, allegations that Love hired singer of The Mentors, Eldon Hoke, a.k.a. El Duce, who claimed Love offered him $50,000 for a hit on Cobain. March 2014, the Seattle Police Department developed four rolls of film that had been left in an evidence vault. According to Seattle Police, the photographs depict the scene of Cobain's corpse more clearly than previous Polaroid images taken by the police. Detective Mike Siansky, a cold case investigator, was asked to look at the film because it's 20 years later and it's a high media case. Siansky stated the official cause of Cobain's death remained a suicide and that the images would not be released to the public. May 4, 2015, Kurt Cobain, Montage of Heck, also also billed as Cobain, Montage of Heck, is a 2015 American documentary film about Nirvana lead singer Kurt Cobain. The film was directed by Brett Morgan. It was met with mixed reviews. June 11, 2015, Soaked in Bleach, a docudrama directed by Ben Statler, is released, going into details leading up to Cobain's death. March 2016, Seattle police have to refute claims that they gave Courtney back the shotgun. April 6, 2016, John Fisk, first responder, states in an interview that he told the Soaked in Bleach crew that he made it quite clear that he believed Kurt Cobain took his own life. October 9, 2017, Carol Chepetsky, a forensic linguistic, agrees with a suicide verdict. August 7th, Kurt suffered from intense, debilitating stomach problems. In his journals, Kurt often mentioned that he was suffering from chronic stomach pains. He went to several doctors, but they were unable to determine the cause. His condition worsened as time progressed, which prompted Cobain to shoot up more and more heroin to alleviate the pain. In his suicide note, Kurt references his stomach problems. Thank you all from the pit of my burning, nauseous stomach for your letters and concerns during the past years. It was diagnosed in mid-1993. The diagnosis? A pinched stomach nerve caused by scoliosis. 1996. Melvin's frontman, Buzz Osborne, dismissed Cobain's health issues, calling montage of heck 90% bullshit. Quote, Kurt also told me there was absolutely nothing wrong with his stomach. Osborne recently said he made it up for sympathy so he could use it as an excuse to stay loaded. Of course he was vomiting, as all people on heroin do. They vomit. It's called vomiting with a smile on your face. The above garage greenhouse where Kurt took his life was demolished back in 1996. Courtney Love sold the house. For 2895000 on July 2, 1997, it sold for 7000000 August of 2020. Murder or suicide? Will the case of Kurt Cobain ever truly be answered? If you or a loved one are having suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day.